Luke chapter 10, instructions for winning souls. Let's just begin reading in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and (coughs) and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't be moving from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We are wiping off as a witness against you even the dust of your own town that clings to our feet. Know this for certain, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Instructions for winning souls. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard that statement, if all else fails, read the instructions. (laughs) I've had that experience myself where I've gone to put something together. And, uh, boy, you know, it even seems like it's more complicated nowadays. They've, they've got all these twisty ties and all these things, you know, it's all these extra steps. Um, but there is something to be said for following instructions. And I remember when I was a, a mechanic, we had a technical manual uh, that would tell us how to do things if we didn't know how to do it. Uh, and sometimes those technical manuals even wouldn't be sufficient, and we'd have to call the manufacturer. Uh, Jesus is our manufacturer and he knows what, it, what is needed to win souls. And he, he can tell us how to go about winning souls. And so um, I want to look at this scripture. I believe Jesus is giving some instructions here to these 70 disciples uh, so they can go out and do a work of ministry uh, and prepare people for the coming work of Jesus in those areas. And so um, each of us, needs to fulfill God's command to go and spread the gospel to every creature and to follow those instructions on how to do that. So instructions for winning souls. Um, What are we to do? First of all, we need to prepare for it. Prepare for the work of Christ in someone's heart. Okay. If you look at verse 1, it says, He sent them ahead of him. So Jesus was coming. But he sent them first. He said he sent them in pairs to every town in the place where he himself was about to go. So Jesus says, I need you to do a preparatory work in the hearts of people where I'm going to go. Now, we can do this. And, I, you know, sometimes I think about the children's ministries and the work that people do in the children's ministries. That's a great preparation. You teach those kids uh, the things of God and and, and they become more open to the things of God earlier because they're taught those things. And uh, we, we have such a blessing uh, in, in the teaching of our kids. 
but it also goes towards adults and teenagers and whoever else we may know. We can share with them some things about God. Um, I can remember one uh, particular situation uh, I was in when I was in the military. I'd been sent to do a detail. And we had uh, quite a bit of time during that detail to... He told us if we weren't out on the call, we could read, we could play dominoes, which sometimes we did, and we could talk about different things. And, and one of the things that we did was uh, occasionally, and I would bring my Bible a lot of times and read, and, uh, uh, but they would ask me a question about spiritual things. And so we would talk about these things, and I knew that one of the men there wasn't very open and so I would answer the question, but I wouldn't really go a whole lot farther. And it was kind of a, a process, and we began to get in longer and longer conversations over time. Uh, and there came a point at which God began to get a hold of his heart and really uh, to bring him to a place of brokenness. Um, and he was struggling with whether or not to give his heart to Christ. Uh, now, I don't know. He, he got out of the military. I don't know whatever happened uh, with that. I, I tend to think he... He, the hound of heaven was after him. He's probably saved somewhere. Uh, but it, there was a process that took place. Uh, my wife has been getting all the, the flower beds ready for, for the summer. And I'm sure some of y'all have been doing that. And she's been going to, to prune different things. And she said there's one really big one she wants me to take the saw to. Uh, so I've, I've got to have to do that sometime this week. But uh, there's a preparation that goes into those taking care of those plants right? Um, one day you may do some pruning work. Another day uh, you may put out some fertilizer. Uh, another day you might, uh, you might put mulch there. But there's a, pr a preparation that takes place so that those things can grow and produce fruit. Same thing is true uh, when you're dealing with lost people. People are at different stages in the process. There's some people that are just have no interest in God, don't even think about it. Uh, and then there are others who maybe they're, they've taken a few steps, but they're not uh, completely ready yet. And so we love them. Uh, some of you have shown love to people uh, outside our church by taking food to them, uh, by ministering to them in a time of need. That's a great way to, to begin to work. But, but we also share truth. And so there's a, a preparing that was going on. And, and the disciples were sent out ahead of Jesus. And what did they do? They performed miracles. They proclaimed a message. The kingdom of God is, is near. Uh, you, you need to repent and believe the gospel. And, and so they were ready. They'd heard the message. Sounds kind of familiar, right? John the Baptist. John the Baptist did the same thing. Uh, prepare the way for the Lord. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Sound real familiar. Uh, so uh, God gives us a message to share. The average person hears the gospel eight times before they make a decision for Christ. Eight times. That means if you invite somebody to come to church, uh, they might hear it once. Hopefully they, they hear that every time they come. Uh, or maybe you invite them to the Easter egg hunt like we did yesterday. Uh, they hear the gospel. Uh, that's number two. And so, you know, there's multiple times. Maybe you share a tape with them or you share... Uh, it'd be a CD or an MP3 now, wouldn't it? Uh, but you, but you're sharing something with them. That might be uh, number four, whatever. And so uh, there's a process that God takes people through. A lot of times, God helps in the preparation process 
by bringing crisis or allowing some crisis in a person's life. Um, one thing I've noticed, people tend to be more open to the things of God when they're hurting. Uh, and I think, I think God, uh, sometimes with His Spirit, will tenderize a hard heart through circumstance. There's one man that uh, I shared the gospel with, and he lied to me. Can you believe that? He told me he was already a Christian. And then I went to uh, visit him in the hospital, uh, probably a year and a half, two years later, and uh, was just kind of trying to encourage him and um, saying, hey, I know you're a Christian and everything, but, you know, here's some things. And, and uh, his wife pulled me outside the hospital room. She said, you need to talk to him about his soul. And so I went back in and said, hey, would you like to talk about this? Yes, I would. And so we went through, and uh, he was, it was t- a totally different conversation. Uh, God had done a work of, of preparing. So we can be involved in that preparation process, and uh, don't feel that those things are unimportant. God can use you in a profound way in the preparation process for the work that he ultimately wants to do and bring that person to Christ. So you prepare for it. Secondly, believe in it. Look at verse 2. He told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. The harvest is abundant. Do you believe that the harvest is abundant? You see, there are people all over this, this world who need Christ. Um, Brother Steve, uh, who, had, who came and did a revival for us a, a while back, um, Steve Harbin, I got an email from him the other day, uh, and they'd had over 300 people come to Christ in one night. Can I tell you, the harvest is plentiful. Uh, there are people that are hungry for Jesus. And so as we um, make ourselves available to be used, God can use us. Believe that in your heart. Uh, sometimes we have an experience, maybe we don't uh, see a whole lot of people coming to Christ, and we think, well, you know, there's just nobody out there. But there are people. There are people out there that need Christ. So ask God to open your eyes to those opportunities so that he can use you when those opportunities arise uh, to be a part of bringing in that harvest. Um, the disciples were excited about it. These 70 um, go out, and I mean, the, God is working, and God is moving, and lives are being changed, and what, a, what an awesome experience. Um, and they come back just, wow, you know, even the demons are, are subject to us in your name, and, and just excited and overflowing and, uh, about what God did through their lives. So believe in the fact that the harvest is plentiful. It's abundant. And uh, take, take action as far as, as far as that goes. So prepare for it. Believe in it. Pray for it. Pray for it. Verse 2. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Pray for the Lord to send out workers into his harvest. So pray for workers. That's something we can do. And, you know, we, we reap a harvest in our church. We saw that this morning. Amaya came to Christ. That happened here in the four walls of our church. We need workers in the church. 
We also need workers to go out into the field, uh, the harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray that God will raise up people and, and, and stir their hearts to share Christ with people who are lost. Um, and, and then pray for those who are doing that, <laughs> and uh, that God will give them. You know what the early church did? They prayed for boldness. Lord, we, we've been put in jail. Uh, you know, they're threatening us. Give us boldness. Uh, and, and so God did it. He gave them great boldness. So pray for those. Uh, Paul said, he said, hey, you know, uh, pray for me that I, I may proclaim the gospel as I should. Um, and so pray for that. Uh, pray for souls to be saved. We've been doing that every week, haven't we? We come to the altar and pray that God will bring people to faith in Jesus. And we've got a prayer box up there. And we, we, many of you have prayer lists that you're praying for. Uh, of people who are lost. Um, pray for those people to come to Christ because salvation is a supernatural work. And so as God works and as we work, uh, He works alongside us and those people come to Christ. So pray for it. Uh, set aside time. You might, uh, 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 another pastor in the area was sharing, sharing with me, he has a different list for every day. He's got a list of sick people. He's got a list of, of people who are um, struggling maybe with their marriage. He's got a list of people uh, who are um, struggling with a sin habit. Uh, he's got a list of, of people who are lost, and he prays for those. And, and you could go on. But, but you might set aside a day a week to pray for some people by name that you know are lost. To pray for those uh, that, you know, we go out and talk to on Monday night. Uh, that God will prepare their hearts. Uh, and pray for us. Because guess what? Spiritual warfare will happen uh, when <laughs> you're trying to share Christ. Well, um, I, I went to a clinic down in Texas when I was uh, learning how to do the, the faith evangelism strategy. And uh, he was talking about how you're sharing the gospel one day. And uh, the television, this, some television program, this loud Wah! scream came right in the middle. He's, he's trying to share Christ. He said it was as distracting as it could be. You know, people are, uh, And uh, I noticed that the other day, Philip and I were talking to somebody. And uh, this, in the next trailer over, there's somebody that yelled. I don't know what was going on over there. But uh, uh, we, you know. There is a spiritual struggle going on. The devil doesn't want people to come to Christ. Uh, so pray about that. Pray, pray that God will go uh, before us uh, as, as we share it. And then uh, go to it. So prepare for it. Believe in it. Pray for it. Go to it. He says in verse 3, now go. <laughs> right? Uh, there's, a, there's an additional step. You know, we, you say, well, I've gone to six uh, evangelism uh, trainings, and, I, and I've learned uh, all these different methods, and, and I've done all these different things. Uh, but if you never take that and use it, it doesn't do any good. So he's saying, Jesus is saying, okay, I've told you what to do. Now go do it. Uh, go out and share the message. Uh, so there comes a point at which we go, we've got to go to it. And, and sometimes there may be um, a process by which you say, Lord, I'm scared to death. 
I believe that's why the early church prayed for boldness. You may be scared. You may be uh, fearful uh, of what may happen. But um, you can pray, God, give me boldness. Help me be willing to, to speak to those people and to show them love. Really, that's, that's the heart of, of, of sharing with somebody, is just loving them. Jesus loved people. Um, you, you, may, you may have a person that's a Christian. Guess what? They're probably encouraged that you shared with them. But uh, just, just love those people. Let, let God love people through you and ask God to help you to be an instrument. And share what Jesus has done for you, right? Everybody can do that. You may not be a theologian, but you can say, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. I love that story of the blind man, you know, and Jesus heals him. He's born blind. Jesus heals him. And the Pharisees are mad because they don't like Jesus. Well, how'd this happen? We, we, we know what kind of man this was. How'd this happen? You know, trying to get him to say. Finally, he gets exasperated. He says, look, he said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. But one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. Deal with it. Now, he didn't say deal with it, but that's, that's basically what he's saying. Hey, what can you do with this? I can see. And so there's a, a witness. Hey, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is how he changed my life. I'd sure love to see him do that in your life. And so um, go to it. And then uh, beware in it. Beware in it. He says in verse 3, Now go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Did you know there's some people, most people are polite. Uh, I heard one, one evangelist say, fish never want to be caught. <laughs> and uh, there's an element of truth in that. But most people are pretty polite to you as you, as you try to talk to them. And the fact is, if they come to know Jesus, they are going to be so grateful that you loved them enough to share. Um, what... Um, I remember just uh, just hearing someone say, um, I'm so glad that you, you guys came. I'm so glad that you guys came here on our front porch and told us. Well, that, there's a, something different has happened. There's a change in their heart. And, and they're overflowed with gratitude toward God, but they're also grateful to the person that told them. And so um, sometimes we're reluctant. I remember my kids were, were little vegetables were not popular. Candy, on the other hand, was a different story. Uh, Megan would crawl up on the counter to find the candy that we put up, you know. And then she trained, when she got in trouble for it, she trained David how to do it. And we, we saw him one day, we walked in there, and, and uh, there's Megan, she's got the chair up there for David, and David has crawled up on the counter, and he's trying to get in the, into the candy. Uh, Everybody likes candy, but vegetables sometimes are not too, too good. But we need them, right? Sometimes the best thing we can do for somebody in love is to tell them about the awesome change that God has brought and to share how they can have that change. And, um, and, and it will help them. And they will be changed forever. Um, but beware in it because not everybody is nice. And there will be a few times... Usually few and far between, but at least in my experience, that's been the case. Um, where somebody will just be rude. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, how would you like to be a sheep 
in the middle of a bunch of wolves. <laughs> I don't know if I would want to be there. Um, but it's a vivid picture. Uh, how, how could they have courage to go out? Jesus says, I'm sitting out like sheep among wolves. Really? <laughs> That's, Jesus, you really want me to go out like a sheep among wolves? I mean, I'm not sure I, I like that idea. Wolves don't like sheep. Well, they like them, but in a different way than we want to be liked, right? Um, guess what? We have a shepherd, and his name's Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Now, what was the sheep? What did a sheep rely on? When a sheep uh, was eating or, or drinking or um, uh, going about its regular everyday activities, and a wolf came up, the sheep relied upon the shepherd. You see, I don't have to worry ultimately about the results of what happens when I share Christ. Uh, first of all, I've just been commissioned to tell them the message. I've not been commissioned to win them. That's God's thing. God has told me some steps I need to take. But ultimately, God does the winning. I'm just the, the instrument, right? Um. And then, if that person responds negatively, I'm under the protection of our Lord. Now, you remember Peter? In the book of Acts, he is put in prison for sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Not a fun experience. But what happened during the night? The bars opened up. Angel walked through, his bonds fell off, he's walking out, he's thinking he's in a vision, he doesn't really even realize it's really happening, and he goes out with the angel, and finally the angel disappears, and he's standing out there in the street thinking, what's this about, you know, finally it dawns on him, this is real, you're out, you're out of the, the, the prison, and what, God took care of him, and the church was praying, and this is like we are a lot of times, isn't it? Uh, Rhoda comes up and Peter says, hey, it's me, Peter. And they're praying for Peter to be released. And she goes, oh, oh, somebody's at the door claiming to be Peter, you know. And so, it's me. I'm the one you prayed for. And so uh, we can trust God to be with us when we go out to share. Now you say, well, the pastor, it didn't always turn out that way. Yes, I know. James was put to death. Well, what did Jesus say? Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets before you. Um, <clears throat> as a child of God, as I share Christ, I have the privilege of seeing God work in other people's lives. If I'm persecuted, they lay up rewards in heaven for me. How you like that? Uh, if they put me to death, they promote me to glory. What's that? If God is for us, who can be against us? Um, Y'all look like you're not too convinced by that. <laughs> I want to tell you something. What matters in this life? It's really what you do for Christ, right? What you do for other people. Jesus said, if you do it under one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. You get that cup of cold water. Uh, you, you close somebody who, who needs clothing. You tell somebody about Jesus. You've done it unto the least of these. You've done it to me. Um, 
Have you ever, uh, have you ever shared Christ with somebody and then got resentful because they didn't take it well? I have. I'll just be honest with you. I've been there. I was resentful. I thought, well, how rude is that? You know, here I am trying to show love to him. I, even, I told him at one point, I said, I said, do you realize, I said, I don't know you. I said, the reason I'm telling you about this, I, I get nothing out of this. You don't even live near my church. I said, I'm telling you this because I want to see Jesus do a work in your life. I care about you. And, you know, he kind of backed up a little bit. But, but I, I just kind of had a bad attitude after that. I was, I was struggling with it. You know, here I'm, I'm trying to do, do right, and this person's not responding well. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm really not, I'm called to love people, but I'm really called to do whatever I do as unto the Lord. And as I share with somebody, regardless of how they take that, I don't need to be rude, okay? I don't need to be rude myself. But regardless of how they take that, I'm doing that for Christ. You ever had a bad attitude working for a boss that didn't appreciate you? I've, I had that experience too. Y'all say, well, do you ever have a good attitude? Yeah, well, occasionally I do. <laughs> but uh, um, I prayed, God, will you love this person through me? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this to honor you. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit gave me grace. And what I couldn't do in my own strength, he enabled me to do. Um, he does that for us if we're open to it. Um, you, may not, um, you may not feel like you, you've accomplished anything by what you've done. But you know what? Uh, we, we saw a few years ago, we saw... Uh, sharing Jesus without fear with Bill Fay, and uh, he was he was sharing about the people that had come and witnessed to him. He said, he said I would make fun of them, I would ridicule. He was an atheist. I'd ridicule them. He said, but I never forgot them. He said, he said I can remember every person who ever told me about Jesus, and he said they left probably feeling like a failure. But he said, guess what? They had planted a seed in my heart, and eventually that seed bore fruit. Um, yes, he sends us out like sheep in the midst of wolves, but praise God, we've got a shepherd, and he can take care of us. And uh, whatever takes place uh, will bring glory and honor to the Lord, and eventually good to us. If I'm going to live, I want to live for eternal perspective. I want to live for the rewards. What did Jesus say? Don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt and where thieves don't break through and don't steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Laying up treasure in heaven. One way to lay up treasure in heaven is to, for the right reason, to be persecuted. You're persecuted, rejoice and be exceeding glad, right? I know, (laughs) y'all. That's kind of the idea, though, really. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, jump for joy. Woo! Praise God, I just got persecuted. There's an eternal reward waiting for me that no one can take away from me. Because my Savior's faithful. 
How could Paul and Silas sing in the jail? Beaten, worn out in the jail. And it wasn't like the ones with cable TV and three squares a day like they are today. I mean, it was a, it was a real jail. How could they sing? I want to tell you something. They had their eyes on other things. They had their eyes on the Lord. They had their eyes on the eternity. And they were worshiping Jesus. But, you know, they, had the, they understood the fact, if God is for us, who can be against us? We're not defeated. I love what Paul said. He, he's in a jail cell, and he's writing the letter, and he says, uh, he said, I'm chained, but praise God, his word is not chained. Listen, they can't stop the gospel. Isn't it amazing? For centuries, there have been people around the world who have tried to stamp out the gospel. They've burned Bibles. They've killed Christians. They've done everything they can to stop the gospel. And guess what? It continues to spread today. And I'm going to tell you something. Our government can legislate God out of, out of national life. But I'm going to tell you something. They're not going to stop God. God's purpose will go forward. His message will go forward. I'm, the places where it's persecuted. Look at China. Look at Africa. People are dying for their faith. Families are split up. People are put in prison. People die. People, people have all kinds of horrible things happen to them uh, as they try to stamp out Christianity. But God's purpose goes forward. In the words of Gamaliel uh, in, in the book of Acts, he said, hey, you know, if we, if we fight these guys and God's with them, we're going to be fighting against God. You can't stop the purpose of God. We're on the winning team. We know, what, we know what's going to happen when the last page is turned. Um, I want to tell you something. As you give your life for Jesus, you can't outgive God. As you share with Christ with others, it may be uncomfortable. It may be uh, difficult for you. Uh, but God can use you to make an eternal difference, and God will bless you for it. He will. So, instructions on winning souls. Uh, what, what do we need to do? We need to prepare for it, believe in it, pray for it, go to it, and beware in it. And look at verse 17. The 70 return with joy. The 70 returned with joy. I want to tell you something. It's the devil's lie that tells you if you witness, you're going to be miserable. God will bless you. The 70 returned with joy. Are you willing to be an instrument of God and the winning of souls. Father, thank you so much for giving us your instruction. Uh, help us be your instruments in preparing for somebody to be saved. Help us to pray for it. Help us to uh, go to it, Lord, and to, to beware in it, uh, knowing that our Savior, the Good Shepherd, goes with us. Thank you, Father, that we are indestructible until...